As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Hi everybody, welcome to The Home Group tonight. My name is Paul Renner and we're going to have fun. My father, Rick Renner, asked me to lead The Home Group tonight and we're gonna talk about why we go to church. Why do you go to church? Please tell us in the comment section, why do you go to church? Do you know why you go to church? Do you know why you should go to church? And what happens when you become part of a local church? That's what we're gonna talk about tonight. We started yesterday, we had so much fun, and we didn't get through it all. So today, we're going to continue. And with me here in the studio is Maxime and Joel. Welcome, guys. Thank you, Paul. It is so good to be with you all tonight, and it's an honor to study the Bible together. And I'm glad I get to do it with you, Paul, and with you, Maxime, it's a real honor. I'm happy to be here, Pastor Paul. Wonderful to be here. I know we're going to hear something good, and it's a it's a real uh, it's a real question: why we should come to church. So let's go to Hebrews chapter ten, verse twenty-five. It tells us here that we're not to forsake the assembly of the saints. Hebrews twenty-five: not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. So this is not a new problem. But it doesn't just say to go to church. It also tells us why we should go to church. But exhorting one another and so much more uh, as you see the day, as you see the day approaching, meaning the coming of Christ. So this verse has uh, its forward in time. It's, it has a forward motion in time and it applies to us more than applied to us yesterday, applies to today, more than applied to us yesterday because the coming of Christ is coming sooner and sooner and sooner. And there is a sense of urgency when we talk about getting people saved, when we talk about seeking the Lord, when we talk about waiting His second coming, His second coming, there is a sense of urgency. And I think we can all agree on that. So this verse actually has a prophetic motion moving forward. It applies more to us today than it does than it did yesterday. But what are we supposed to do in church? We're supposed to encourage each other. And I like what it says in my father's book, Sparkling Gems. I'm reading directly from this book. The word exor exhorting is a powerful little word. It's the Greek word para kaleo, a compound of the words para and kaleo. Para means alongside, and kaleo means to call or to speak to someone. When these two words are compounded together, it depicts someone who is right alongside of a person. You cannot be alongside watching through TV, right? Impossible. So, Pastor Rick is writing it so well. It depicts someone who is right alongside of a person, urging him, beseeching him, begging him to make some kind of a correct decision. In the ancient Greek world, this word was often used by military leaders before they sent their troops into battle. Rather than hide from the painful reality of war, the leaders would summon their troops together and speak straightforwardly with them about the potential dangers of the battlefield. The leaders would also tell their troops about the glories of winning a major victory. Mm -hmm. So when we come to church, we're encouraging each other. And one of the necessary elements of encouragement, as we read in Hebrews 10.25, is to be next to each other. We need to be next to each other to encourage each other. And there's a special encouragement that you get only 
when you actually see other people raising their hands, when you see other people reverently nodding their head and praying, only when you see people that you know, regardless of their situation, worshiping the Lord and bringing their offerings and tithes when you know that they're in a more difficult situation than you are. You see their worship, that worship encourages you. And when other people, unsaved people, see Christians worship, it raises an obvious question. I mean, it's so, it's so plain and so obvious. When you see, when a non-believer sees Christians worship and how sincerely Christians worship, it raises a very simple, obvious question. Why? Why are they doing this? There must be a reason that these Christians are so sincere, so energetic, so charismatic in their worship. There must be a reason. I want to find out. I mean, just the curiosity is there. I mean, obviously, if these people are raising their hands, if they're giving their offerings and their tithes, if they're taking notes, if they're bringing their Bibles, if they're opening their hearts to receive the Word of God, if they're saying amen together, if they're singing the same songs together and these songs become a collective prayer, an unbeliever will obviously ask the question, why? Why are these people doing this? And in that, we're actually giving glory to God because eventually, if someone is asking why, they'll find the answer. And the answer is because we love Jesus and we're thankful to Him for what He's done in our lives. Amen. So the very simplest question, why do I attend church? And as a pastor, I think I should know this. Uh, the answer to this question, the simplest answer to this question, why do I attend church? Because I love Jesus. And if I love Jesus, I love what Jesus loves. Jesus loves people. Jesus is the head of the church. And if I love what Jesus loves, I want to be as close to the church as I can possibly be. Now, truly, many people have found, have found out that it's not a must. I do not have to come to church. I can watch services online. I get to come to church. It's a privilege. It's my privilege. I do it voluntarily. I do it to worship the Lord because when you actually take the time and money to come to church, that's part of your worship. When you actually take time to get dressed and come to church, that is one way that you honor the Lord. So you're doing it for Him, and you're doing it for other people because when you come to church, you bring something with you that wouldn't have been there if you didn't show up. And as a pastor, I can feel it every single week. Every single week when someone doesn't come to church, something is missing. Your church needs you. All right, Joel, I know you have a question. I have a question. And Paul, you know, I'm not a pastor of a church. So I'm just asking a very sincere question. We have a wonderful home group. No one is making you turn on your device to watch us. It's a sincere desire to be a part of home group because we study the Bible here. If you watch church online, no one makes you turn on the TV or no one makes you go to that church website to watch online. How is that different, Paul, from going to church and physically attending? No one makes you go to that church either. It's your same sincere desire to worship God in church, just like if you turn on the TV. How is it different? God looks at our heart, and if our desire is right, what's wrong with watching church online? And my second question for you, Paul, is there's a lot of people at home who are elderly, and they can't leave an assisted living facility, and they want to go to church. 
So all they have left is to watch online. God looks at our heart. So what's wrong with watching online? Okay. I never said there was anything wrong with watching church online. It's great to watch church online. That's fantastic. And I actually believe that watching church online will eventually motivate you to come to church. Mm. Because if you truly love Jesus and you want to experience everything he has for you and you're enjoying, you're experiencing something that the Lord has given you while you've been watching online, eventually you're going to say, I want more. Eventually you're going to say, there are so many people there and they're so happy. I want to be with those happy people there. So there's nothing wrong with watching church online. It's actually a blessing. It's a miracle of our age that you can be involved in something long distance. And the connection that is available now, the quality of the picture, the quality of the sound, but I'm talking about the actual interaction in the comment section or the ability to sign up to an online home group or an online prayer group uh, to be actually part of a community is amazing. So I do have a suggestion. If you can only for some reason, you have a legitimate reason, you can only be involved in church or part of a church online. Do everything you can to do more than simple Sunday because most online churches have online prayer events. Most of them have online Bible classes. Most of them have online uh, home groups. Most of them have people that actually serve online in the comment section. So if there, for some legitimate reason, you cannot attend church, be, do as much as you can to get involved with that church. And you can actually now serve in most churches from your home. The opportunity is there. Just find it. Find an opportunity to get involved. Amen. So there are many ways to get involved. There's nothing wrong with watching online. It's better to be in church, but for those who cannot come to church, there are other ways of being part of a church. So don't stop with just watching. And uh, some churches even have uh, watch parties where they get their family together or several families come together to sit down in the living room and watch church together. So there are so many ways that churches become closer to each of us right now. And a lot of churches have done amazing things to get closer to people right now. And I think that's wonderful. We're doing it too. But right now we're actually talking about attending church. And so I think you're actually honoring God when you get up, when you get dressed, when you spend the time and money to get... Put your church, makeup on. Put your makeup on. Yes. Don't steal from yourself what God would like to give you. And don't steal from others what you could be giving to your church. And when I talk about being a part of church, it's not just about being in the choir or being an usher. That's wonderful. Please do that. Your church needs you. But when you're simply when you're in the congregation, worshiping, you're bringing something with you that is an encouragement to other people. Now, I do pray that every time you come to church, you experience what we read here in Psalms chapter 27, verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, and that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, to behold the beauty of the Lord. Here, David connects 
beholding the beauty of the Lord to being in church. And as we read the Bible, we learn about God and we learn about his expectations for us. And the Lord specifically tells the Israelites that they are to come to Jerusalem for a time of worship. It's specific instructions to come to Jerusalem for a time of worship. Now, I know that God is everywhere. I do not have to come to a specific location where this is the only place where I can pray. This is the only place where I can experience God. God is everywhere. I can experience God everywhere. I can pray anytime in any place. But the Lord tells us to gather together because he knows we need that. It helps us with our commitment. It helps us experience the Lord in a deeper way. Wow. You want to say something? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Pastor Paul, this is wonderful. May, may I say something? Sure. Uh, this verse, Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling. And as I already mentioned, the word forsaking, it's a Greek word, ekataleipo. And one of the meanings of the... Pastor Rick can tell you a lot more about this word, but I want to share just, just a little bit. As I said, that word was used to describe somebody who is moving too fast. Mm -hmm. You're moving too fast. You bypass others. Don't become too fast. Don't become too advanced. But there was another way that word was used. That word was used to describe the situation when somebody was in trouble. Mm -hmm. Somebody was having serious problems. And others, seeing that person being in trouble, would forsake that person. So forsaking is a good translation. So when somebody is having problems, you just forget about this person. Why? Why, why do I need to be there when this person is in trouble? Mm -hmm. So maybe, and of course, when, um, whenever who, uh, the author of the book of Hebrews wrote it, maybe the church started having problems. And maybe the church you were attending started having problems. And you said, why do I need it? That word to forsake means do not leave someone in trouble. Maybe this is the time when your church needs you the most. Right now, this is the very time when your church, your local church, needs you the most. Do not leave your assembling. Do not leave your church when your church needs you the most. Mm -hmm. All right, Joel. Now, before the program, before we, you had a question. So please ask your question. I have many questions. So here's my question. Okay. My next question. All right. I know people who live in small towns, and they don't like the church that's available to them. Maybe they don't even believe what that church believes necessarily. So what do those people do? What other option is there for them? Okay. Now, you've, you've touched on a very, it's a very touchy subject. There, I truly believe that there are reasons to not attend or not be a part or not, not be a member, not connect yourself in a deep way to some churches. I think that there is truly legitimate reasons for not connecting yourself to certain churches. And most of those reasons would probably have to do with the teaching. It's a, they teach things that are heretical. They teach things that are not true to the Bible. Uh, they've left certain simple biblical teachings. Uh, I think that that is the main reason that you would not want to connect yourself to a specific church. And there may be other reasons, but first of all, why do you go to a church? And then what do you do if you can't find a church that you don't feel comfortable in? First of all, you probably go to, or you attend, or I don't like using the word attend, you're probably a part of the church that you're a part of because you trust the pastor, because you trust the ministers there, the other people that are serving. 
probably you, you're a part of that church because you like the atmosphere there. And when you choose to be a part of that church, you add something to that church. You're bringing whatever is in you, whatever the Holy Spirit has given you, you're bringing it to that church and you've just made that church a better place because now you're there, okay? Now it's true that sometimes it's hard to find a church that you would like to be a part of. That is very, very true. Now, it's not true for most people. Most cities have several options. Most cities have many churches that you could possibly, that you could attend. So choose the best one that you could possibly choose. And you may have your own reasons for choosing a certain church. And maybe the best one you could possibly choose, you still don't like. Let's, let's just imagine that for a moment. There's only one church in your city, and you don't like that one, uh, what do you do? Well, you go to church. <laughs> Very simple. You go to church. Now, that may not be the church that you consider yourself a part of. You may feed on other sources, but you need to be next to other believers. They need you, and you need them. Now, there's a difference between attending and connecting yourself to a certain church. Mm. There's a difference between being a part of a local church because that's what the Bible tells you to do. That's where Jesus is. He's the head of the local church. And choosing a place to feed from, choosing a place that spiritually feeds you. And in some situations, the place that you attend church and the place that you feel like you're spiritual fed, spiritually fed are not the same. Now, I, I don't think that's the best scenario. I think the best scenario is for you to be spiritually fed in the same place that you attend church and that you are a part of. But that's not, that's not, that doesn't always happen, regardless of whether or not you think this is the best possible church on earth, you're still supposed to be a part of a church Amen. because you experience the Lord differently. You have something to give. So do not forsake the assembly of the believers. Don't leave them behind if you're moving too fast and don't leave them behind if they're going through difficulties. They need you. Your church needs you. Amen? Amen. Amen. This is so much fun. I really enjoy talking about things, these things and I like the questions that we're raising because they're real questions. They're real questions. Thank you, Lord, for this time and I ask you, Lord, to help us to value the fellowship that we experience with other believers as we come together to worship you corporately. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bye-bye. Amen. Bye-bye-bye.